0: This is an incredible deal. You don't want to miss it. Go ahead and sign up at kathyheller.com slash join.
1: It's just about practicing. And it's just Mm. about taking actions every day that are consistent with the kind of person you want to become.
0: If you're a creative person, if you're a baker, a dancer, a photographer, a screenwriter, an actor, a comedian, a podcaster, and you want to figure out how to make a living doing what you love, This is the show. This is the show, don't keep your day job. My name is Kathy Heller and I'm a singer songwriter. I make a living doing what I love and I want that for you. This is the show that's gonna help you do that and give you not only inspiration but some real life strategies. This is gonna help you figure out how to take your creative passion and turn it into a profit. This episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job is brought to you by Blue Apron. Check out this week's menu and get $30 off your first order with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash dreamjob. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals from blueapron.com slash dreamjob. This podcast is also brought to you by FreshBooks. Try the 30-day free trial by going to freshbooks.com slash dreamjob and enter Don't Keep Your Day Job in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Thanks to Bon Appetit for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Go to bonappetit.com slash get BA and enter promo code DREAMJOB for $5 off a gift subscription to Bon Appetit Magazine. In every issue, there are amazing seasonal recipes and latest food trends, a gift that keeps giving all year long. Plus, you'll get a Bon Appetit tote bag. It's the perfect gift set for the cooks and food lovers in your life. That's BonAppetit.com slash GetBA and enter promo code DREAMJOB for $5 off a gift subscription to Bon Appetit magazine. Thanks to Latote for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Go to LaTote.com slash Select and enter promo code DREAMJOB at checkout and they'll give you an additional $25 purchase credit towards your first box. Hi guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. Today we have Carrie Bentley here, and we're going to talk all about productivity and how to truly get the most results out of the time you're spending and how to be really productive. We live in a culture, as you guys know, where everyone is just flooded with distractions. It is just so easy to turn around and be like, where did the last six hours of my day go? You know, we are very reactionary. We're always like sort of responding to emails as opposed to spending time where we're just like, you know, proactively deciding what we're going to do with the day and what are the best things to prioritize about the day. And of course, then there's lovely things like Instagram and Facebook, which are lots of fun most of the time for me it's like my favorite distraction but it really winds up taking a lot of time away from the things i know i need to be working on and so i think that it's really important to have this conversation about productivity and carrie is a rock star she used to work at craft foods and pop chips and she decided that she wanted a different life for herself she saw that she could continue to climb the corporate ladder because she was very successful very young and she just said, I just don't want this. I want something that feels much more fulfilling and purposeful. And so she quit. And now she's like traveling the world. She's been in a different country, you know, every month, you know, over the last year or so. And she does something totally different. She helps people be more productive. She started something with her husband called Life Hack Boot Camp. And they've just created a lot of programs and courses and they've done tons of research on. What really helps us to be more productive and what are the the sort of like hacks that we can start to do where we will wind up really getting more result and more of what we really want out of our life and create a life that we really love. One thing that I think is so important to remember, because people will tell you all the time, I've, I've heard it so many times in my life. Knowledge is power, right? People say that knowledge is power. And when you when you know things or you have a system and people ask me all the time, what's your system? How do you keep organized and what kinds of things you do in order to get stuff done? And all of that, I think, is really important, which is why I want Carrie to be here. But I think something that's also important at the same time is to remember that it's your energy, it's your thoughts about things that actually make a difference in whether you do that stuff or not. And so we have to be in charge. We have to proactively make sure that we we are inspired. We have to do the things that are going to get that energy up so that we actually are ready to rip it open and take on the day. Because Carrie is going to give you some awesome insight today. But I want you to remember that all of it is going to be able to be put into your life and you're going to be able to accomplish whatever it is you want to get accomplished when you start to really like, work on the energy factor, right? And so if this podcast lights you up, if there's a playlist you love to listen to, if it's hitting the gym, if it's going on a hike, really remember we've talked about that in the past but that energy is something that we do have more control over than we think and instead of just passively hoping and waiting that we'll be inspired day to day I think we have to look at the next year we have to look at the next week we have to look at what we want by the end of 2018 and we have to say that the best way I think for us to get there is for us to be excited and inspired and ready to rip it open every single day and to step up and so we might not feel that way when we wake up in the morning it's very possible that something not so great is going to have happened, whether it's a conversation or something stressful. So we have to sort of anticipate that. And because we know that that might happen, there might be bumps in the road, we need to make it part of our everyday practice to do the things that are going to get us in that headspace to get that energy up so that we are ready to go and ready to take on the day. Now, all that being said, I can't wait to hear what Carrie has to say because there are certain certain things that we can start to think about and prioritize and systems we can put in place and we can be more productive. But the thing that has to be sort of a, a prerequisite to all of it is that mental state. Because when your mental bandwidth is shot, when you are feeling low, when you are feeling hopeless, when you are feeling down you're not going to have the energy no matter what. Even if you have two hours free in front of you at that moment, you're not going to get anything done because it's so draining. In order to be able to get stuff done, we have to be ready. We have to feel excited. We have to feel what's possible. We have to feel energized. And so I want you to start to think about what are the things that get you energized? I hope it's this podcast, but what are the other things that get you energized? What are the things that you can make daily habits to get that energy to a point where you are just feeling so like a rock star and you're feeling like you can just Own it and go for it and you don't have to be perfect and you're ready to step up and move forward. Those things have to be essential and I want you to practice what does that feel like over the course of the next week if you make that a daily thing every morning and you make sure that you're working towards getting that energy as high as it can be every single day proactively regardless of something stressful that happens over email or with somebody in your life or at work or anything, we have to make sure that we protect you know, we like keep this like sort of sacred space around ourselves and that we don't allow ourselves to be like a kite sort of flying in the wind that can be taken in any direction, but we are sort of in charge and responsible of directing the ship. And we make sure that our energy is something that we take some responsibility for because when we can keep that energy at a level where we are just so, so excited and we can train ourselves to get there. And we really can, right? We can train ourselves to let go of some of the heavy stuff, let go of the things that feel draining, and we can direct our attention to things that lift us up. And maybe we do listen to a podcast, or we do go for a run, or we do talk to that particular person in our life who always reminds us of what's possible. But we need to start to make those things a priority in our day. And then anything else that really is important strategically, then we can really like, do incredible things. Because if you had a system and you prioritize things and you work smart and you add to that a person who's energized and excited and enthusiastic and, you know, is just feeling like they're ready to like take on the world, you can do it all. And so I can't wait to hear and see what you guys are going to be accomplishing. I cannot wait. I hope that you'll continue to keep me posted by, you know, coming to Instagram and letting me know what you're doing or posting on the, on, on the Facebook pages, because I can't wait to see that. Another cool thing I want to bring your attention to is we created a freebie for you for this episode because we felt like there were so many good things that she talks about, and we wanted to make you sort of like a checklist, a cheat sheet, a worksheet, something to really, you know, help take it to the next level so you have something tangible to chew on. If you want to download the freebie, you can go to the show notes on iTunes or you can go to the show notes at don'tkeeyourdayjob.com and click on this week's episode, and you'll find a link there. And then you can just click on that and you can download the freebie. I think the You guys will find it really helpful and it's there if you want it this episode of don't keep your day job is brought to you by blue apron it's a better way to cook so it is so helpful as a mom with three kids who's working a ton to have a box show up at your door that's pre-proportioned with a recipe card and they don't repeat the recipes so there's just always something new and interesting recently i had the spicy black bean quesadillas which were so easy to make and so good and it came with this like avocado salad and i was like this stuff is awesome It takes all of that like sort of stress away. I don't have to think about going to the store. I don't have to become Martha Stewart. So this gives me all the tools. I get to feel like I'm creating something from from scratch because it's fresh. And so I think you guys will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. Blue Apron knows that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals. So they set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, local family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers. Whether it's miso butter or coconut curry, Blue Apron is bringing you the absolute best. I'm really excited to try their upcoming meals like wild Alaskan pollock with garlic mashed potatoes and roasted broccolini and tartar sauce, cheesy broccoli baked pasta with crispy thyme breadcrumbs. So check out this week's menu and get $30 off your first order with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash dreamjob. Thanks to FreshBooks for supporting this podcast. The nature of work is changing. The internet has enabled more people to become self-employed professionals, as we know, and small business owners are more connected, they're more autonomous, and they're working in new jobs that could not have been imagined just a few years ago. Only five to 10 years ago, working for yourself was looked down upon, but that is no longer true. Today, one in three Americans are self-employed. The trend is growing. And by 2020, this group could grow to be over 40% of the U S workforce, but the world was not built for the self-employed. Many institutions that currently support the workforce are not keeping up with the pace of change needed to serve them. And FreshBooks is among the innovators who have stepped up to provide a new solution for freelancers and small business owners in this rapidly changing market. So for me, this was really helpful because I'm so not a numbers person. I really like in, in school struggle with math. I get really overwhelmed and it's just not worth the amount of energy it takes for me to do things where it comes to accounting. And so with fresh books when I was looking at my business, I was able to streamline everything because it's all laid out there for me. And so it was really helpful. And I think that you guys will find it really helpful too. FreshBooks is offering a 30 day unrestricted free trial to our listeners to claim it. Just go to freshbooks.com slash and enter, don't keep your day job in the, how did you hear about Us" section? That's freshbooks.com slash dream job. And then enter, don't keep your day job in the, how did you hear about Us" section? Okay, so before the new year comes around, I want you to start thinking about a few things. I want you to get really clear about what you want and then see if you can break that into pieces. It's one thing to say, I wanna be a fashion designer, and it's another thing to say, okay, in order to accomplish that, I need to first come up with my you know, collection. And in order to accomplish that, I need to do some research. And in order to accomplish that, I need to think about who my target market is and who I wanna to sell to. In order to accomplish that, I wanna ask myself questions like, what do I really love to create? And who do I really think I can serve best with what it is that I do? And these are questions that we need to start thinking about because it can seem very overwhelming and it can seem like we're really, really miles and miles away from our goal when our goal hasn't really been fleshed out. So I want you to start to take the time now before January 1st to think about what do you want to accomplish in 2018 what do you want to accomplish five years from now and how do you work backwards from that and break that into pieces so that it's actually more doable and you can actually get your head around what it is that you need to do today and tomorrow and by the end of the week now with Carrie here today, I want to really understand what are the things that are going to help us be most productive? How can we get more done in less time? And I hope that this will help us as we start thinking about next year. But the year is quickly approaching, and I think that there's a few things that we can start doing. And one of those things is getting really clear about what you want. And something that I think can help you really have the momentum to just go full force towards it is when you start to think about why you want this thing. And what does it feel like? Close your eyes and picture yourself waking up and getting dressed and going to the gallery or going to the kitchen or going to write the music or going on that stage or going to the play reading. What what does that feel like? really sit in that feeling close your eyes what does it feel like to be standing there and and there you are watching the show that it is that you created and you're watching the actors perform it what does it feel like to be writing that book and then to be sharing chapters of it at a book reading what does it feel like to have your etsy shop and to see people you know placing orders and to see your jewelry going out and people enjoying it What does it feel like? Really, I want you to soak in the feeling because it's the feelings of things. It's the emotion behind things. It's what it makes us feel. And when we can really feel, feel, feel as much as we can, certain things that are really going to light us up, those things can push you so far out of your comfort zone because you say to yourself, I love that feeling. That feeling envelops me with fulfillment and well-being, and it makes me feel like the most the most me. It makes me feel like I'm really showing up in the world and adding what I have to add and and, and being the best version of myself. So I want you to think about all that. And I want you to think about what might be on the other side of all of this stuff that's a little scary. What might you have to gain, right? And then why wait? What's a good reason to wait? Well, the only good reason that you're going to think of is because you're uncomfortable or you're scared, but we talked about that last week, and I hope that you really recognize that a little bit can go a long way, and that it might seem so overwhelming to think about painting the Sistine Chapel or building a skyscraper, but brick by brick, right? Little by little, amazing things are going to start to happen, and it really is incredible to me. It's incredible to me that by just putting myself out there and trying things and doing things... Doors open and they open quicker and faster and bigger than I ever thought possible. I really didn't think that I would start a podcast and within a few weeks an agent would contact me, you know, and tell me that they want to publish my book. I really didn't think that that would happen in that exact order or that quickly or on that magnitude. I really didn't. But I did know what I always know, which is... I just don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I know the direction I want to go in, and then I do the very next thing I can possibly think to do, and I put it out there without overthinking it, and then I keep trying to make it better and gain feedback and keep going, and it's amazing how your gut leads you to knowing what the very next thing is you should be doing and can be doing, and that's all you have to do, and trust that that might be enough instead of overthinking it to the point where you're like, "What? why even bother? What's really going to happen? from that or it's, is it even good enough How about just trying things this year? How about you guys make a pact with me that you're gonna try things this year and maybe you're gonna surprise yourself and maybe things are gonna happen that blow your mind and maybe things are gonna happen easier than you thought and maybe you are good enough and maybe you are ready enough and maybe by starting and putting things out there, you're gonna have this incredible experience. It's gonna lead you to the next thing and you're gonna grow from it and you're gonna feel like you know a more courageous version of yourself and maybe you're actually gonna start to find incredible amounts of fulfillment and success And I can't wait to hear about that. Okay, before we dive into her interview... Um, It's time for us to talk. Let's talk. Um, Here's what we're going to do. So I have a Google voicemail set up. And what I want you to do is I want you to start calling in and I want you to leave me messages. I want to get to hear from you, actually hear your voice. And I want you to tell me what steps are you taking as a result of listening to this podcast? What have you maybe started to do? Dream up? What calls have you maybe made as a reaction to this? Have you started a blog? Have you put things out there? Let me know that. Leave me a voicemail, okay? You can call me at Three two three seven three six 1826 and leave me a voicemail message. I also want you to leave me a message if you have a question or if you have an idea or if you have a blog title that you're struggling with. If there's anything you want my feedback on, if you want to flesh out an idea, if you have a question about something specific, a question about something big, small, whatever it is. And if I don't know the answer to it and it's related to a certain topic or a certain career path, I'll ask one of the people who's coming on who's successful in that career and who might have a great answer for you. So either I'll answer you or somebody else will answer you but I want to give you guys more. I want to give you more direct feedback. I want to be here to support you and do more than just have a podcast where you're listening and it's a little bit more passive. I want to make it more interactive. I want to be here and directly to give you feedback and speak to you. So leave me a message at 323-736-1826. I'd love to be able to play these messages on the show. So if you don't want your name to be known, you can make up another name, or if you want to be on um, and you don't care, then you can say your name or you could just say your your first name or if you don't want your message to be played on the show then you can just add that in your message and say um, you know please answer my question but don't necessarily put this recording on the show however you want to do it I'd love to be able to put these recordings on the show I'd love to be able to play these voicemails on the show because I think that it's really helpful to other people to hear your successes I think it's really inspiring and I think your questions are probably everybody's questions and there's other ways you can ask me questions you can come find me on Instagram and by the way if you follow me on Instagram and you want me to follow you back just message me there and I'll follow you right back. Or you can ask me a question on the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook page or the Facebook group, and I will be happy to answer you that way. But come on over and leave me some messages. I want to hear from you guys. It's 323-736-1826, and I would love to be able to answer you guys and play these on the show so I can have you guys literally on the show and we can have a conversation a little bit more directly and I can give you that feedback and more support. Thanks to Bon Appetit for supporting this podcast. So if you step back, how many things in your life when you're getting together with family or friends, would you say revolve around food? Like it really is sort of the center of everything. And it's like, you guys want to get together? Let's go to coffee. Let's go to dinner. I know that when my sister babysits, she always has a baking project and she'll come over with like different cookie cutters or different mixes. And my kids look forward to it. And so I feel like, especially because the holidays are coming up and we're starting to think like, what should we get for family and friends? If you want to support our show and you also want to come up with something that's original, this might be a really good thing because Bon Appetit has this year-long subscription and you get this little tote bag and then they get something all year long that's just full of great ideas and recipes You can keep up with the latest trends with Bon Appetit where food and culture meet. From cooking and recipes to fashion, travel, design, and more, Bon Appetit has something to feed the worldly mind. Bon Appetit has an exclusive offer for our listeners. For a limited time, you can get a subscription to Bon Appetit magazine for $5 off. Amazing seasonal recipes and latest food trends are packed in every issue. A gift that keeps giving all year long. Plus, you'll get a really cool Bon Appetit tote bag. It's the perfect gift set for the cooks and food lovers in your life. Use promo code DREAMJOB and start shopping now at bonappetit.com slash get ba that's bonappetit.com b-o-n-a-p-p-e-t-i-t.com slash get ba and promo code DreamJob. this episode is also brought to you by latote we talked about latote's rental clothing subscription service before which i love but they have a new service with personal stylist pick pieces that are brand new it's called latote select Pieces in the La select box are about $50 per item, so you get quality fabrics at a very fair price. La will take your style preferences and silhouette to find the best pieces for you. They're the style and fit experts, and there's no subscription required. So I was recently in New York, I stayed an extra week, and so I had to get some new clothes, and I'm like, not having any time. I'm walking into stores and I'm like picking up things quickly, not realizing that a certain thing runs small or runs big and it doesn't fit. And what I love about Latote is that I can try things. I can actually go out of my comfort zone a little bit and try patterns or styles that I don't necessarily think are me, but I kind of want to experiment with. And then if I don't like it, I can just send it back. And if I like it, I can keep it. So go to latote.com select, that's letot dot slash select to start. Enter promo code DREAMJOB at checkout, and they'll give you an additional $25 purchase credit towards your first box. Once you sign up, you'll receive your stylist-selected box within days. Order a box whenever you like. You can keep the items you love and return the rest unworn. You'll only be charged for the pieces you keep. It's that easy. Remember, enter promo code DREAMJOB at latote.com select, and feel fabulous with stylist-selected fashion delivered right your door guys remember when you support our sponsors you're absolutely turning around and supporting us very directly because our sponsors support us more the more that you guys support them so it's very very cyclical in the best way possible all right well i'm so excited that she's here so let's dive into the interview with carrie hi carrie thank you for being here hey thanks so much for having me so I'm a big fan, and I heard you on Amy Porterfield's podcast, who I also adore. Um, I had Amy on this show oh, about a month ago, and I was like, I have to have Carrie on the show because she's <laughs> so smart. And I mentioned uh, something that you said a few weeks ago about how like it's not about time, it's about energy that we yes. need. So why productivity? Why did you make this your life's work? Well,
1: my husband and I are both from completely different backgrounds in sort of this nine to five world. And we were just getting really fed up with it. And, um, not only fed up with it personally, but also our bodies were literally giving us the signs that we couldn't keep on going down this road. We had very sort of high power jobs. We were working really long hours and that resulted in chronic stress related illnesses for, for both of us. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So I, I I've been living with ulcerative colitis almost my whole life, and mm. I would have entire weeks where I'd have to work from home because I just couldn't oh get God. out of bed. Um, yeah, so we kind of looked at each other and thought, "Man, is this how we want to keep going?" And we made a vow that we were going to just completely start over with a blank slate. And of course, skipping forward several years later, we've cracked that code. But but the reason why we got into productivity to begin with was because we needed to become the most productive and powerful individuals we could be in order to continue working at our jobs, but with fewer hours so that we could have more time for that self-care and do the things for our health that we needed to do in order to not just become more and more sick, essentially.
0: Yeah, I know so many people who've had that story. I have a friend who was working at a big studio here in LA and she was airlifted from her desk to hospital because she had the same issue. I mean, people are just overworked and not doing the work they really even want to do, which does make you sick after a while or can for sure. So what was the life hack that you used that allowed you to get the work done in less time so you could pursue your dreams? So
1: after these elements of maximizing our focus, which really allowed us to maximize the number of hours in our day, And actually, if you guys want to learn exactly how we do that, you can go to lifehackbootcamp.com. We actually just give away that lecture for free on exactly a process for how to develop your focus. But essentially, once you have your own time management dialed in, you essentially have to figure out how to have the impact of more than one person. You have to kind of like have this superhero effect if you're going to try and get it all done. And at the heart of that is systems creation. And this is where creative entrepreneurs have such a huge leg up because they're usually already really great systems thinkers. Um, Maybe not necessarily inside their business, but in whatever they specialize in, if that's creating songs or if that's um, baking a special type of bread or pastry, there's a system that they follow for doing each of those things. And they're extremely good at focusing on that system and doing it in the order that they need to do it in, in order to constantly create amazing results from that.
0: So give me an example of one, like a system that helps you act like, you know, you're, you're getting the work done of three people instead of one person. What does that look like?
1: So I'll I'll give an example for someone outside my industry and then someone inside my industry. Um, So for example, if you are a baker and you need to, you know, you need to make, 12 different types of bread and they need to be done by five in the morning every day. Then you follow a system. You, you back up the time, you know, you need to start mixing the dough and the flour at Mm. 1am and then it needs to be in the oven by 3am and then you need to pull it out at 4am. Um, and I'm I'm sorry if I'm messing up those uh, sort of numbers. No, but I I
0: get the point. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so the same thing applies to say music writing where if you, you have a creative process, For coming up with great song ideas, maybe you spend about an hour just kind of feeling it and then another hour um, playing with what you want the main tune to sound like. And so you kind of keep going like that. The same is exactly true of everything else we work on in our business. I mean, down to the minutia of how do you actually process your email inbox? How do you work with others around you in the most efficient way? How do you get your uh, expense reporting done in the most efficient way? So if we actually put that same systems mindset towards the different little operations in our business, then we're going to be able to create a system that's standardized, that can run with either minimal attention from us or even be delegated to somebody else on our team.
0: Got it. So looking at things in terms of system, systematizing it so it kind of runs in a, a very seamless way. You don't have to be reinventing the wheel every time. Exactly. So how has being more productive changed your life? Oh, my gosh.
1: Well, I mean, right now I'm actually sitting here in uh, Medellin, Colombia. We travel to a new country every month and we run our business online which is absolutely not something we could have done uh, without the tools and skills that productivity has lent to us. And um, what's been so magical about it is we've been able to use these tools to just design a life that that we truly want, you know, travel and adventure and just spending so much time with each other, myself and my husband. Um, So it's really been the creation of all our dreams um, has been the result of, of productivity.
0: That's amazing. So you dreamed up a life where you could travel because that was your thing. And then, and there you are. How many countries have you been to? Oh,
1: we've been to uh, 18 countries in the last uh, 16 months. And um, essentially, yeah, that's exactly what we wanted to create because we looked at each other and realized that if we didn't travel right now, then we wouldn't probably get a chance to travel until we were much older. And um, funny thing about life is sometimes there isn't a much older and we don't get the chance later. And unfortunately both myself and my husband have seen examples of that in our own families. And so it was so important to us to get these experiences now where we could. And it's been so rewarding that we can actually do this and be providing for ourselves and, and making money and owning a company and making an impact while we travel.
0: Wow. So you both lost, were you saying you lost your parents at an early age or other family members?
1: Um, other family members. My brother died when he was quite young and um, my husband has lost various family members as well. Oh, and that's so sad. Yeah, it it just really it really just forces you to look and see that, you know, each day is a precious gift. And if you're not on the path to doing what you truly wanna be doing, then you could just be
0: wasting time. Wow, and so there you are. That is incredibly inspiring. Eighteen countries in sixteen months. Yep. <laughs> And your business is is flourishing, and you're able to do what you want, and you're clearly productive enough so that you can make it happen and and live your dream life. That's amazing. So inspiring.
1: We like to joke that we're uh, location independent, but we're Wi-Fi dependent. So that's the only (laughs) caveat is wherever we go, they have to have really good Wi-Fi. That's awesome.
0: So what is productivity? What, What does it mean to be productive from your perspective?
1: Yeah, definitely. That's such a great question because... Productivity means so much more than just how much output you're getting for every unit of input, right? Um, and that's kind of the typical way it's thought about and, you know, in industries like factories and stuff like that. It's just totally boring and just so not yeah. fun to think about it that way, right? True. Um, True. Yeah. And, and what it is is really like how much impact can you have with the time that you're given? And what's great about it is all of us have exactly the same amount of time. And yet you see a lot of people in our society getting these like insane outsized results. Um, And so what I talk about is how you can get those sorts of results and be the kind of productivity, um, amazing person that you have inside of you, uh, more like those heroes that you see online and on TV.
0: Yeah, that is so like the center I think that is so the core issue for everybody I just finished a conversation with one of our podcast listeners and she was so earnest and sweet and she said I have a day job she's actually said this she said it feels sort of like a prison sentence and she's like I hate to say it like that and make it so dramatic but I do have this day job and even though I kind of like the people I work with I don't like what I'm doing and what I really want to do she wants to be a glass blower and she is a glass blower but she wants to be a successful glass blower and she said and I. I just don't know how I'm ever going to do that while I have a day job, and this is this is the state of affairs for a lot of people. You know, they have a busy life, even if they don't have a day job. Maybe they're a parent. Maybe they have a sick relative. Maybe people are busy. Yes. How can we get more done? How could you create your dream job while you have a job? How do you get more done
1: with less time? Yeah, absolutely. That's such a great example because everyone's in that boat. You know, we always. Imagine that we're going to wait for the perfect time to take action and actually make our dreams come true, but right. life never does us the favor of just lining up the dominoes right, right in the order <laughs> right. that they should be knocked down. That definitely happened to me and my husband as well. Basically, we're solving for the career side of our life, but then we're sacrificing other elements that are really, really important to us, like you know our passions and our, our health even, quality time with friends and family, all these different things. And so it's really about solving that Rubik's cube. And that's what we call life hacking in our, in our company is called Life Hack Bootcamp. It's, it's about redesigning your life to optimize for all sides of the Rubik's cube, not just one side at a time. And so, you know, it's, it's more complicated than just, I wish I had a snappy answer to your question, um, but it's really starting with a, what I call like a life first strategy, which is laying out, how do you want your life to look? What are the principles that guide your life? What are you going to prioritize? Because you need to deprioritize other things in order to get those priorities done. So whether it's, you know, sacrificing your next promotion in order to start your side business and sort of, you know, letting your current job Um, just go on to steady state mode, if you will, while you start your side business because you recognize this is a risk I want to take. I want to start that side business. I want to be doing different things with my life. But I think the mistake is in thinking that, hey, I can get promoted every single year at my job and also have all these other things that I want um, on the side. Right. That makes sense. So your job as the individual who's in charge of your life is to actually line up your dominoes so that you can knock them over and so that every single domino leads you into where you wanna be in the future. So if mm-hmm. right now you're working this job and you wanna become an expert glassblower, what you have to do is figure out how many hours per week, for example, you might need to become that expert glass blower, and what kind of job can support you on your road to doing that. So if you need to make money currently, maybe it's the same job but in fewer hours, Maybe it's a different job that's higher paying, but what is it that you can line up in front of you so that you can slowly make that transition and have it make sense for you? And so it really depends on your life situation, um, but there's very few of us, unfortunately, who can just go and start a new business while and then just you know, quit our, our, old, our old job. You have to have that transitional period. And so really, it's about figuring out how you can line up those dominoes and knock them over- right. Um, and and convince life to give you that sort of straight and narrow road.
0: Yeah. And she did offer up. She said, you know, maybe it's that when I do have time, I don't use it wisely enough. Exactly. And so I want to talk to you about that. How can you be more productive with the time that you have?
1: Yes. This is a great question because actually our work environments have changed so dramatically over the last few decades. And we're facing a lot of uh, productivity issues that our mothers and grandmothers Never even had to consider, and the biggest challenge right now is distractions. And we're living in the distraction generation. It's a distraction culture, um, and it's it's just getting started. You know, if it feels like you're unfocused and scattered right now, well, you know, the reason is all the distractions that are constantly pulling us right. off course. And the stats are they're so crazy. Uh, there's a couple studies that show that the average worker can only focus for about seven minutes at a time before changing wow. their browser or checking social media, or getting a text message through. And so just sense that check that with yourself. And do you feel like that's how often you get distracted in some sort of way? And right. so um, essentially, every distraction um, costs your attention in something called the attention residue, because it takes us time to get rebooted on the original task that we were trying to get done. Ooh,
2: and so these
1: attention residues are just building up over and over and over throughout our day. And that's why probably around three o'clock or so, you're starting to feel really exhausted and just like your brain isn't functioning quite as well. And so really the number one hack, like I could share so many different time management techniques and tools. The number one hack is to get better at being able to focus. And Mm. it's not a passive exercise. It's actually something you have to work um, really, really intensely on but it's kind of like, well, you know, lifting weights or something like that. It's like building a focused muscle. How long can you go without letting yourself be distracted? And what you'll find is even just a few weeks of practicing this, you'll be getting so much more done and you're not going to be feeling that sort of cognitive load, that that brain heaviness on your shoulders and on your
0: mind later in the day. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Wow, that's so interesting. I love the science behind these things. What, what's another piece of science that might be interesting for us to know?
1: Yeah, definitely. So another thing is we actually have a maximum ceiling on the number of decisions we can make every day. And it's usually around 200 decisions. And after this point, wow. our brain decides to become extremely tired of making decisions and it doesn't want to make them anymore. And what's weird is our brain kind of can't differentiate between important decisions you know like things relating to our business and our careers and unimportant decisions like what we eat for breakfast or what belt we choose from the closet and so oh my gosh you...
0: that's so interesting
1: exactly and so what's really really important is that you manage that decision load um so before you get into what's called decision fatigue which is when that sort of bank of decisions has been maxed out and you start making bad decisions um you start acting impulsively and just generally, your productivity is going to start tanking. So, wow. another strategy to really get more out of your day is to manage the decisions that you make. You want to be making really important decisions early in the morning when you're fresh, and you also want to minimize those sorts of unimportant decisions that you need to make during the day. So, what mm-hmm. I love to tell, especially women, is you know figure out what you're going to wearing what you're going to be wearing the night before. Or even my favorite, have a capsule wardrobe so that it doesn't even impact your cognitive
0: load at all. Right, right, right. That's so interesting. So, people ask me all the time, how am I supposed to find the time? I don't have it. Like, I have two kids, and then I go to my day job, and then I like, where is it supposed to come from?
1: Yeah, definitely. We hear this all the time from clients, and it's so funny because we actually had a client. Um, who was a lawyer. She's actually a partner at a law firm. And she was like, guys, I would love to take your course, but I don't even have time to get time back. Like, I know I need to invest this time, but how am I supposed to even find the time to take your course? And it's a good question, right? And so uh, the good news is that there is time. And I'm going to tell you about that. But the bad news is, is that we feel like we have such little time, but we are incredibly bad approximators of where our time is currently going. And so hmm. um, there's a best-selling author, Laura Vanderkam, who has a really interesting book where she compiles census data and hundreds of personal studies about where people's time is actually going. And she had people literally track their time down to the 15 minutes so that she could tabulate where their time was actually going. And it was mostly um, moms that she was studying. Yeah. And what was so interesting is that um, people generally overreported how much they were actually working. And um, they didn't realize how much time they did actually already have with their families or on hobbies or, or things like that. And the biggest, wow. biggest area where people don't realize they're wasting time is on um, news and media. So when you actually oh, wow. track your time, um, for this particular case, for the lawyer client we had, she actually found that she was spending 11 hours a week just checking the news, just reading through different oh, articles. Dear on the Lord, news.
0: that's. Very depressing.
1: Yeah. And if you think about it, um, I mean, you know, it doesn't feel like much time in the week, but over the course of a year, that could equate to writing a new book um, or producing a new album or so many other different creative endeavors. So I think the number one insight here is actually the easiest way to figure out where your time needs to go is to figure out where it's going right now. And keeping Mm. a time tracker or a time audit um, whatever you'd like to call that for for one or two weeks is really going to help you do that because data doesn't lie, but our feeling towards where our time is going usually does.
0: Interesting. Is there um, some cool app or something that helps you track that? How do you do it? What would you do? Yeah. So again,
1: we have this on our website because this is such a popular hack that people love. So you guys can check that out on the website. But essentially, all it is is an Excel spreadsheet or a Google sheet if you have an app on, you know, if you have that app on your phone. Um, And so it's literally just each cell represents 30 minutes. You don't need to track it down to the 15 minutes, I don't find that helpful. Just the 30 minutes and you write in generally what you're doing. So are you working? Are you playing? Are you watching TV? Are you getting ready to go? Um, And so there's sort of these main seven or so categories that all of your time can generally be grouped into. And then at the end of the yep. week, you just take a look at your results, you tabulate where your time has been going, and that's your results.
0: Yep. I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I, as you were talking, I didn't even realize this, but in, I guess it was like 2003, I just decided not to have a TV. Mm. Um, I moved into a new apartment. And I was like, I'm not going to have a TV this time. And then I have just never looked back and never had a TV since. And I don't watch any so it, it really i guess helps me i didn't think of it until you were just talking about it but i was like oh i don't watch any tv i guess it's That's amazing good. uh but i do other <laughs> things i get sucked into other things like you know scrolling through my phone you know things like that um but totally. at least the tv component i am free of that so that's good um <clears throat> so now there's the next hurdle which is people might look at their time and say oh it turns out i do have an hour and 45 minutes free every day if I didn't, let's say, watch the show or look at the news or whatever. But then that next hurdle is there. there's a comfort in telling ourselves that we're busy because it's terrifying to get to work
2: Absolutely. on what we really
0: want. It's so much more loaded to work on the dream job than it is to just like do paperwork. There's mm. so much more that comes up um, because you don't want to get your heart broken, you want it to work out, you're not sure if anyone's going to like it. you're probably criticizing yourself as you're at the piano or you're writing the chapter of your book, so it's not as easy as doing something that's more mindless absolutely. because you're invest you're invested in it, so how best to be productive when you're finally deciding that okay, I'm gonna sit down, but I really feel like closing the laptop and running away because this feels really overwhelming absolutely well really what you mentioned was so important which is like how
1: dare you suggest that i find more time in my day I'm, can't you see i'm so busy you know i can just i can hear that voice even in my own head at certain points in my life and really what's behind that is sort of um, one of these limiting limiting mindsets which is you know hey this imperfect blank whatever it is like you know my job or my husband or my kids like they're what's keeping me from my results because I'm so right. darn busy right now, and what's truth is, um, or what's true is, there are obstacles to getting results. There's constant obstacles, and those obstacles, particularly in our mind, our mindsets around getting started and getting work done, really have the power to keep you from getting results if you let them. Um, mm. And and this sort of thinking is hardwired into our brain. From an evolutionary standpoint, our brain is trying to help us stay safe. Um, if, if it's if it's scared of something, it identifies it as a threat, and it tries to oh. keep us from doing it. And the trouble with wow, that is that absolutely... is
0: powerful. I've never <laughs> thought that.
1: Yeah, wow. exactly. So if you think about it, like you know, your brain is trying to be your friend. It's trying to keep you safe. But because in modern life, often we have to be pushing ourselves outside our comfort zone and doing things that are so complex. In, in, in order to push ourselves forward, then it actually ends up hurting us as well. And so even just recognizing that that's what's happening right now and standing as the source of, okay, I'm going to step forward and, and just take the first action on this anyway is the way to get around it. It's more of a mind game than anything else. And I think the, the real key here is how do you recognize that it's, It's simply your mind saying like, hey, I'm so scared of doing this because I might fail and recognizing Mm -hmm. it's not actually about failing or succeeding. It's just about practicing and it's just about taking actions every day that are consistent with the kind of person you want to become. And by taking those actions every day, we eventually become those people we really want to become. But it's not, you know, it's not going to be a magical transformation from today and tomorrow.
0: Wow. I think that's really... Really powerful. I'm thinking about tasks that feel really overwhelming. Like, let's say like for me right now, I'm writing a book and my book Mm -hmm. is due in like three months. And I sometimes, you know, avoid working on the chapter because I'm like, oh, I sit down and I feel so overwhelmed. I feel like this like brick hits me on my chest and I'm like, oh. And then I just sort of wade through that feeling and start typing. And I just tell myself, okay, brick by brick, I'm going to lay this, you know, and it's going to come together. But that's something that I think people need help with. How do you, in your mind, what are things that you can think or what are maybe systems or hacks so that you don't feel so overwhelmed and you can get yourself through that hurdle in your mind, that overwhelm, so you can get it done piece by piece? Yes, absolutely. That's a great
1: question. And I think, um, A lot of people have this issue when they're doing the things that are actually the most important things, right? Like writing that book is probably the next really big thing you could do. You know, it's going to provide credibility. It's going to get you in front of a national audience. You know, there's so many great reasons to actually be scared of writing that book. And so we tend to (laughs) procrastinate on the things that are really going to actually help us. And I'm just the same way. I'm just like everybody else. Um, but there's a couple things that can really help us move into action when we're in that sort of like overwhelmed, sort of everything mm-hmm. is coming at me at once sort of space. And um, there's been a lot of you know, psychological studies around exactly how we can take action. And the main heart of it is accountability. And we are such social animals as humans. And I think a lot of the times we think we need to hide away in our, in our homes and our offices and right. just magically produce this new opus piece of of amazingness um, that's going to become a bestseller overnight. But what's actually important is that we surround ourselves with a couple different layers of accountability um, Mm -hmm. of other people who can actually help us with that discipline. Um, So we talk about four different layers of accountability that are are really, really great to implement for everybody who wants to start leveling up. Um, And the first layer is a coach coach or a boss, or a teacher, or a mentor, and this is basically a person who is a bar raiser. Um, they create that space around you of elevated expectations. You know, they, they expect you to do more. So for example, if you, know, if you bought a course, they, that, that person might be the leader of that course for you. And they're creating this kind of bubble, right? Where inside that bubble, status quo, you know, who you are right now, average, just isn't acceptable. So there's no BS, you're not allowed to make excuses, you're only allowed to put forth your best effort. So that's the first layer, which is a coach, someone who kind of sets the tone and raises the bar. And if you actually think about the last time you really accomplished something extraordinary like that, usually you'll notice that there was someone like this in your life. Mm -hmm. So that's the first really important layer of accountability. And the next layer is actually a team of people who you respect. So a lot of the times this results in sort of a mastermind community or whatever like-minded individuals who are kind of in the same boat as you, you know, they're at your level, they're higher, you really respect them. And if that respect is there, then you're highly motivated. um, And then when they offer support or feedback, it actually means something to you and you actually Mm -hmm. listen to them. And there's also a little bit of competitiveness, right? Because you don't want to be the only one on the team who's not delivering their results every week. And so teams really help us stop just feeling sorry for ourselves and sort of
0: overwhelmed and just get in the game immediately. That makes sense. So let's say I'm listening to you say that. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that. Like, how would I get myself a mastermind group?
1: Well, there's, there's a couple of pros and cons to mastermind groups. But what I would focus on is, first of all, look at the, the people that you have around you already. So not necessarily best friends, but other people who are on the same path as you. So if you're, say, a new singer who's interested in getting into uh, the entertainment industry or a new market within singing of some area, then you'd want to look around yourself and see if you already have people in your network who are striving towards that same goal. And instead of looking at them as competitors, bring them closer to you and say, hey, guys, we're all striving towards the same result here. Let's get together. Let's create this environment for ourselves. Let's find someone to mentor all of us together and start creating that team environment.
0: Yeah, very interesting. So you say on your website, there's a bunch of great stuff, there's resources, there's a free class, there's articles. One of the headlines says, knowledge isn't enough, why don't we become more productive after we've read a time management article? So why is it, en- why is it not enough to have knowledge?
1: Yeah, this is a great question. And let me, let me give you an example that we can all relate to. Um, most of us have been typing on keyboards for decades, right, since since high school. But yeah. the average typing speed for an adult doesn't improve much after college. Interesting. So we've all been practicing at typing for hours every day for decades, and we're not getting any better at it. So what's the, what's at the heart of this is actually this is the wrong type of practice. We're putting in tons of hours, but we're not actually improving because... The problem here is we're not trying to get better. We're not actually testing ourselves consistently. We're not identifying our weaknesses and trying to improve on them. And so the right type of practice is what we call intentional and effortful practice. And that's where the, you know, the quality of our practice is just as important as the quantity. And it's where we kind of chunk down our big goals and we actually right. measure ourselves every increment as we start getting better. And that's what separates the men from the mice, which is the discipline yeah. to actually do that, that sort of steps. And um, sometimes I joke that discipline is like the most scarce resource that we have around us. Yes. Because, you know, if discipline was plentiful, then we'd have successful businesses and we'd be able to achieve our goals with no problem. And so that's, that's why we really talk a lot about hacking discipline in order to take action on what we know. Because without taking action on what we know, then is it even worthwhile knowing it? And I'll bet you anything, you could find examples in every industry of people who don't necessarily know everything about that industry, but have succeeded anyway because they're disciplined enough to
0: consistently take those steps towards getting those results. That's fascinating. So give me, let's try to break that down for somebody who, who's listening. And let's say my thing is, Baking, and I want to eventually have a successful shop, right? So, how do I apply what you're saying to my practice?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of people here, this is where they get stuck in this churn where they love to learn and they think the solution is like learning more and more and more. So, this baker might be going online and just doing hours of online research and just, you know, looking up like best cupcake recipes, best machinery to use and different types of flour and all these sorts of things. But instead, what he would want to consider doing is actually time boxing that churn and saying, okay, if I truly don't know at all what to do, then I can go and research it for say half an hour to an hour. But if I have a general sense for what it is I need to do, then I need to shift my focus towards actually doing those things. So I need to start Mm. setting up a routine where I can test and then learn from it and test and then learn from it. So for example, hey, let me try this recipe today and I'm gonna measure how many units I actually sell of it. And okay, I didn't sell any units, so tomorrow I'm gonna try a slightly different recipe and then I'm gonna sell that and see how many of those get purchased. Um, And so kind of consistently testing and just noticing as you get better and better over time, suddenly you wake up one day and you're considered one of the experts in your field at that particular thing because you're the yeah. only person out there who has bothered doing that that diligent, effortful practice.
0: Yeah, that's so helpful and so important and it's like imperative. I I always say like you have to do, 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 but then assess, 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 look at what's working, look at what's not working and then go back. Don't Mm. just keep doing, doing, doing and not stop to assess and like you just won't, you know, you have to keep changing your strategy and changing your, you know, process in order to make it really, really incredible. You can't just keep doing the same thing.
1: Without judging yourself for that too, right? Right because i feel right. like sometimes we don't want to look at our results because then we would feel like oh my gosh it's so bad like i should have been able to do better and we expect ourselves to be these like perfect human beings all the time but what's true is that when we we just need to evaluate ourselves as if we were evaluating anything you know if we were evaluating a friend we certainly wouldn't be hard on them we would say that's really hey, nice that yeah. was a great try here's some tips for how to do it better and so i think really trying to put yourself in that objective place of like hey i'm not here to judge myself i'm just here to
0: learn so that's great i feel like your example of like let's see how many batches i sell of this and if i don't then i'll you know make tweak the recipe and then see how many batches i sell that's pretty concrete but then there are are things that are a little bit more vague you know there are people who are working on paintings and sometimes people will say to you oh don't worry it doesn't mean it's not a good painting. It just might t- take you years to sell that painting because it's expensive or because it's eclectic. Right. And I feel like this is a hard piece and I don't know what the perfect balance is there, but people ask me a lot, you know, Kathy, you say all the time that it's about being persistent, but I've been persistent. I've been doing this particular thing. Um, you know, I wrote this one book eight years ago and I'm not giving up. I keep trying to sell it. It's not selling. So do I stay persistent or do I realize that it's not persistence? It's that I need to make the book better or write a different book. Do do you see the question I'm asking?
1: Yeah, I see. I have a couple different responses to that. And the first response is right next action. Are you taking the right next action step um, consistently? And what I mean by that is this, um, my brother-in-law is actually an actor. Who has very similar issues to this because it can be years before you're hired for a major right, role. Right, right,
0: right, right. right. So yes. in that
1: period, you're wondering, gosh, am I doing the right things? Like, am I lifting the right, <laughs> right amount of weights? You know, there's so many things that go into being an actor. Yes. Um, and so what we aligned with him on was, hey, what's a process that will tell you, are you taking the right next action? And so he's like, Okay, yes, because he has been, you know, relatively successful, he knows that if he consistently gets auditions then he's consistently doing the right thing and so Mm -hmm. sort of relying on that that sort of a routine if you will or process for just getting auditions and he's actually dialed it in so that he can do auditions incredibly efficient efficiently from anywhere in the world but he knows that as long as he's getting a consistent number of auditions every month then he's sort of on the right track But for your example of people who, say, have a book or have a painting that they haven't sold in years, they're not receiving that feedback from the outside world that what they're doing is the right thing, right? And we we need to receive that feedback in order to know. And so if if you aren't listening to the market and you aren't getting that right feedback from the market, then it is possible you need to change your strategy because we have to be able to create value for the economy and it has to be something the market both needs and wants and that you're talented at doing and that you're passionate about. And sort of the intersection of those four elements is what we call your mission in the world, right? And so if say you're not getting that feedback from the market that your book is going to be selling, then it could be a number of different things. But the the crucial part is to keep testing and tweaking and learning and just and seeing well maybe I'm not talking to the right audience maybe I'm not selling through the right channel. And so all those different things are things you want to actively test. What you don't want to do is just sit passively and sort of hope that eventually it's going to get picked up.
0: Yeah, that is so excellent. I mean, you just dropped so much wisdom just now. I mean, knowing what you just said, number one, that it's imperative that you have feedback. That's a very important piece of the pie. Um, And number two, what you were saying about how you need to create things that the world wants and needs, that like that is the way it works, not only because of that intersection of like passion plus what people need and want becomes like a mission, but that that's how the economy moves along. You have yep. to create stuff that other people want. And I do feel like, especially for creative people, they get a little stuck here. <laughs> I remember when I first started out as a songwriter, and I still am a songwriter, I first started out and got a record deal, then I got dropped from the label, and then mm-hmm. I started to pursue other avenues. And so I started writing music that would be good for t- different TV shows and films and ads, and that started to be really successful. Yeah. and. About, couple, you know, two or three years in, I was making a really decent living. I was being featured in magazines like Variety and Billboard, like full-page stories. And, you know, the stories would be titled like writing her own check, like how I figured out how to crack the code and, yeah. and get get all this work. And there was some pushback where people would be like, oh, well, she sold out. Oh, well, she wrote music that was good for what the, yes. you know, the director or the producer needed. And I think that that has come up a lot on our show, whether it was Bobby Brown or Jonathan Adler or Emily Giffin. at some point as a creative, you have to be willing to create something beautiful that someone else thinks is also beautiful that they want. And sometimes it can be hard to get out of your own way. Like the book, The Fountainhead is about two Mm -hmm. architects, one who thinks that he should just follow his heart and the other one who's willing to serve the client. And... No one's really sure in the course of that book who's, who's a truer artist, the person right. who is inspired to do something that other people would love or the person who just listens to their, you know, the beat of their own drum. So how do you think you can be authentic and at the same time make something that can make you a living because it serves somebody else's needs and wants?
1: Absolutely. Well, first of all, I think our authenticity isn't something that other people can take away from us. And I think mm-hmm. that we make up that's stories nice. about, say, doing commercial work, or say, being a TV actor instead of a movie actor, um, just because we have put that story around it of that's not good enough for me, or I only act on you know stages because otherwise I'm not creating true art. And the truth is, you can create art just by being or just by being yourself, you can create exactly what it is you're trying to contribute to the world. And it's actually you who, who is deciding what channel that's going to be in. And so sure, you can you can hold out and you can you know defend your work and you can say, no, I'm not doing that. And a lot of times that's the right move, right? I'm not suggesting that you just do every opportunity that's coming your way, but open yourself up to seeing other opportunities that could actually be really good for you and eventually lead back to where you really want to go um, mm-hmm. that you can just go ahead and take right away. And so it is a balancing act. But I think once you realize that, for example, you know, if you are an actor, again, for the actor example, what you truly want to do is act, right? What you're passionate about, who you are as an individual is you are an actor. And so the most important thing is that you practice that skill Because you're still, you know, it deserves to be out in the world. It deserves to be heard and practiced. And the more you can practice it, guaranteed, the better you're going
0: to be at it. That's excellent. You talked about, I love the way you said it. You talked about taking right action. Yes. And for a lot of people... And and this is coming through in the conversation we're having now, which is about assessing, going back. It's also about having self-awareness. I was just having a conversation recently with a friend of mine, and he said, you know, he went to film school to become a director. And while he was there, he realized he had some self-awareness. He had a a lot of humility. He swallowed his pride and he realized he would make a much better producer than a director. Mm. And so he moved out to Los Angeles and he became a very, very successful Hollywood producer working on Blockbuster Academy Award winning movies. And he said, you know, had he not had that sort of moment where he was able to recognize that... He would have suffered because he wasn't as great at directing as he was at producing, but it still allowed him to be. In the business and around it every single day. Yeah. And like what you just said before, is you don't want to be an actor just so you can do this one particular script. You want to get to act, right? You want to get to play. If you love to paint, that's how I used to look at it too. Like, I love being in the studio writing music. I don't care what those people are saying about me because to me, I won. I have the last laugh. I get to have (laughs) Disneyland every single day. You know, I get to like play with drums and sing and be around silly creative people and we're making music and we're getting paid. So, but that ability to have that self-awareness, I know for myself, when I got dropped from the label, I had to be honest with myself. And I knew in that moment that I was really fooling myself. If I wanted to really pretend that I would be a top 40 artist selling out, you know, big arenas,
2: mm-hmm. I, I was
0: lying to myself. I, I was a great songwriter, but I wasn't that kind of songwriter and I wasn't that kind of performing artist. And so I decided to, um, you know, go all in on what my strengths are. And I became really successful and I was able to make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and and buy sushi and have cute jeans from doing (laughs) what I loved, but I wasn't Taylor Swift and that was fine with me. And then, you know, it led me to many, many other things. So how do you develop... Any kind of self awareness, so that you're not hitting your head against the wall, but you know what the right action is. You can yeah. you can shine a light on it. That that can be very difficult. I feel like it's in everybody's blind spot sometimes. It is
1: definitely. And so, one of the number one things you can do in situations like that, when you're just not sure, like maybe you're not, maybe you're dreaming too big, but maybe you need to be dreaming that big, and maybe that is your true calling. And and these sorts of questions are in your mind. the The number one way is to actually. Ask people around you because your friends and your family, they're able to see things about you Mm, that you absolutely cannot see. But the trick is here, you have to ask them for honest feedback, right? You can't just, you can't ask them because otherwise they're going to tell you what you, what they think you want to hear because it's not their job to actually be your coach. This is another area where a mentor is really helpful, right? Because their their job isn't to be your friend. Their job is to just uh, show you how they think you can be better. But really yeah. asking them, you know, hey, like, what have you thought about what I've been doing up until this point? You know, do you see opportunities for me to go in a different direction? Here's where I, I really want to be. Like, I really need to be making more money or I need to be reaching more people. How do you think I could do that better? Yeah, And that's yeah. when you're going to have, have more productive conversations and learn so much about yourself that you had no idea was even going on. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Um, we're gonna close out here with a few last questions. One of them I get asked all the time, and so I wanted to throw it to you and see what you have to say about it. Sometimes people say to me, How do I know what I wanna do? All I know is I don't like this job. I'm not feeling happy. Um, and there are like six things that I think I like. Like I love photography. I love dance. I love animals. But how do I know which one is my passion? How do I know which one I should go all in on?
1: Yeah, this is such a. This is an interesting question that we get asked a lot as well. And first of all, no one can actually tell you what it is you should be doing. If there was some crystal ball that would just reveal your life's purpose, that'd be great. I I personally don't believe that we necessarily have a one thing that we could be doing. I think that each one of us can excel in so many different areas. And actually, there's different studies that that actually prove that we can develop passions for areas that we don't have passion in as we start to get better at them. We tend to be really passionate about things that we really are good oh, at doing that's too, interesting. right? interesting. Yeah. yeah, and and so that's why I actually encourage people um, to think not only about, you know, what's gonna be their their number one contribution to the world, but also what are you actually good at right now? What career capital have you built up? And mm. matching that with what does the world actually need and what is the world actually willing to pay you for and you want to try and, and go after something that's at the intersection of those four areas. Because if it's not something that is fulfilling to you personally and can support your lifestyle, then there's going to be a problem with it. And if it's something that is you know draining your lifestyle but making you a lot of money, then you're also not going to be happy with that either. Um, yeah. But another little caveat I'll throw in here is what's really interesting is that when people improve their performance and their productivity mm-hmm. – Oftentimes, they start liking their existing job. And this is so fascinating Ooh, to me. that's interesting. Yeah, a lot of times people will come to me and saying like, I need to make a switch. I just can't stand it anymore. It's just such a slog. And, you know, we improve their productivity. And eight weeks later, we ask them how they're feeling. And they're like, oh, well, actually, I, I've really started to enjoy my job. I'm, I'm having the impact I want to make. I'm getting a lot of things done. I'm really feeling proud and accomplished of myself. And that's what was missing for them before. And so I I think it could go a number of different directions. It just depends on the individual.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I mean, you, you've had uh, given us so much knowledge today. There's been so many light bulbs that went off for me. I really thank you for not only being here today, but the time you've taken in your life to really, you know, spend time with this stuff so that you have this knowledge to share. So thank you for all of that. Oh, absolutely. It's a total privilege, Kathy. And you're such an eloquent, like easy to listen to speaker. You have like a, just such a lovely way about you, so humble and just really approachable. Oh, thank um, you. So as we're signing off, I'm just curious, what, what's your advice to our listeners? What, what do you want to say to people?
1: I think what I want to say the most is it's time for us to get ahead of what the economy is throwing at us. And what it's throwing at us is a ton of distractions things that are going to pull us off course, things that actually don't make us more happy, they actually make us less happy. And it's time to get honest about what those things are in your life and what you're going to give your precious attention and energy to and what you're going to choose to not give your attention to anymore. And so that's really the critical choice I see in the economy today because the way it's going, the rewards are flooding to the top and they're the the constant revolutions in technology mean that most industries aren't going to look the same in the next five years, even, that, even than they do right now. And so it's so important for us to get in alignment with ourselves about what impact we want to be creating and how we're going to make that happen, how we're going to truly become the best possible person we can be at doing that thing we want to be doing. And the good news about that is with steady, just applied practice every single day, that's going to happen faster than we could ever imagine
0: that's awesome so where can people find you i think you mentioned it before but what's the best thing for people to go go see
1: the best thing to do is go to lifehackbootcamp.com that's our website and right there on the front page you can sign up to join our email list where we send out so much amazing content on a weekly basis cool. i can't i can't even tell you So that's the number one thing you can do. And you can also email me personally. My email is carrie, C-A-R-E-Y, at lifehackbootcamp.com. Happy to answer any specific questions um, and help in any way I can.
0: That is extremely generous. And you've been just such a delight. So thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Kathy. That was so much fun. I love listening to Carrie. I love that whole conversation. So here are some takeaways. Number one, the number one hack to productivity is to get better at focusing. Be aware of our distraction culture. Number two, make important decisions in the morning and minimize the unimportant ones. If you can avoid decision fatigue, you avoid making the bad decisions. Number three, start a spreadsheet. Figure out where your time needs to go by figuring out where it's going right now. Number four, we fear chasing the dream job because our brain tries to protect us from the potential pain. But in order to move forward, we have to be able to deal with that fear. Number five, it's not about failing or succeeding, it's about practicing and taking actions every day that are consistent with the person you want to become. Number six, surround yourself with a coach and a mastermind team who will keep you accountable. Number seven, it's not enough to have knowledge. You need discipline to enact intentional and effortful practice. The quality of practice is just as important as the quantity. Number eight, test, assess, and then learn. That's how you become an expert. Number nine, if you can make something that's valuable to the economy, something the market needs and wants that you're talented at and you're passionate about, then you found your mission. And number 10, people can't take away your authenticity. You create art just by being. All right, well that's a wrap on another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. Remember, we made you a freebie for this episode. If you want something tangible to chew on, based on what we talked about today, I think it would be really helpful for you to check out the cheat sheet. So you can go to the show notes on iTunes, or you can go to the show notes at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com, and you can find this week's episode. Click on the link. You'll see there's a link there for a freebie. It's a checklist. I think that you guys will find this really, really helpful, and you guys should go ahead and grab it. You can always also find these things on my Instagram. Instagram, I always post a link and I also always post this on the Facebook page and the Facebook group for Don't Keep Your Day Job, so you can find it in any of those places and I hope it's really helpful. I just want to remind you week after week that you're enough, you are so enough, and you have so much in you that the world is just waiting to soak up. So keep going. And I'll leave you guys with another song of mine this week. And I look forward to hearing from you on Instagram. Come on over and follow me and let me know what it is that you want to talk about on the show. And if there's any topics that I haven't covered that you want to hear more about, let me know that as well. Come on over and find us on our Facebook page. If you haven't left us a review yet on iTunes, Go ahead and do that because it helps other people find our show. And we really thank you for that. All of you who left reviews. Thank you. You guys are the best. I'll talk to you next week. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer, Emma Kikuchi. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.
2: I could use a fresh coat of paint, change my scenery. Wake up in the morning and choose to be.